recorded live. Christagenia.org. Welcome to Christagenia Internet Radio. Praise Yahweh and thank you for listening. Today is Friday, April 26th, 2013. We're not going to present Acts Chapter 2 tonight as I had originally scheduled. I have some special company tonight and, and we're going to um, we're going to discuss the racist right. Or, or really the right that should be racist and somehow missed that boat. I'm going to present a, a, an editorial I wrote for the Saxon Messenger some months ago, and then I'm going to have a discussion about the state of the truth movement today, if we want to call it that, on the Internet and, and on the streets with, with Mike Delaney of ProSync.org. I'm having a problem with one of my radio streams. Stream 5 seems to be, um, well, well, the server seems to have taken a, a hiatus. I'm going to try to get it up during the program. This program will be heard on the top four streams. I, I can't help that. I'm sorry. It's beyond my control at the moment. Not very long ago, the nations of Christendom were quite ethnically homogenous. Even those with significant non-white populations were nevertheless fairly well segregated, regardless of whether the non-whites in white nations were indigenous, like the aborigines of Australia, or introduced artificially, like the Negroes 
in America. Then along came Jewish, and it is all Jewish, racial and political agitation, and a century-long campaign to integrate non-whites into the white populations of all white nations, a campaign which is reaching a crescendo at this very hour, thereby destroying white racial homogeneity everywhere. There are many Jews who admit openly that that is the Jewish plan for the future of our white children. This has been no secret. It is a plan announced openly by Jews long before it happened, that they would do this to the white race. Examples are, are, are readily found in things such as Israel, Zangwill's The Melting Pot, a play which opened at the Columbia Theater in Washington, D.C. on October 5, 1908. Another example is Edna Ferber's Showboat, a play which debuted on Broadway in New York City in 1927. It trumpeted integration and race mixing. Several movie versions are made from that play by the Jews of Hollywood. Jews such as Israel Zangwill, Israel Cohen, two members, two founding members of the Fabian Socialists, Melvin Meyer, Jacqueline Prince, Edith Stern, Julius Rosenwald, Julius Rosenthal, Lillian Wald, Emil G. Hirsch, Carol Ruth Silver, Stephen Wise, Henry Malkowitz, Barbara Lerner Spector, and Annette Kahane of more recent news. These are just a few names out of the thousands of Jewish so-called civil rights leaders and activists worldwide who have been trumpeting the race-mixing agenda. Several of the Jews I've just mentioned were among the founders of the NAACP, Imagine that, it sure as hell wasn't founded by Negroes, an idea which the Jews conceived. Jews have been at the vanguard of immigration and integration movements in every white nation for the past hundred years and more. Impossible ideas such as pluralism, multiculturalism, diversity, things which have never existed in nature and which have always failed miserably in history are all ideas of the Jews foisted upon white society so that whites can be deceived into miscegenation and the self-destruction of their own race and cultures. The Jews flood white nations with aliens and they stoke racial discord in order to pressure whites into ceding concessions and special treatment to those same aliens. But in these last few decades, at the same time that the Jews are agitating racial integration of aliens and whites, the Holocaust myth and the myths of their own facade of a religion allow the Jews themselves to decry integration with others, and therefore Jewish supremacism has become the only politically accepted form of supremacism. However, and quite sadly, there are now many whites 
who while rejecting the notion of Jewish supremacism, have also in turn surrendered their own race to the Jewish ideals of racial pluralism and diversity. Regardless of the fact that wherever these things have been tried in the past, the result has always been devastating. Therefore today, we have a division amongst those who would endeavor to save mankind from Jewish supremacism. On the one hand, many of them are still pro-white separatists who understand the value of the white race and the need to defend whites and white cultures from the flood of aliens. However, on the other hand, many of them are not. These are those who, while denouncing Jewish Zionism, have fully accepted the Jewish paradigms concerning race, and who in turn speak out against all forms of what the Jews call racism. This later group actually assists the Jews in their original cause against the white race, regardless of the failure or success of Zionism itself. The original white nationalists, the Ku Klux Klan being the most publicly ostracized by the Jewish media, were all pro-white racists. Typically, they were also Christians. The generic term white nationalist itself is relatively new. Originally, white nationalists in this country were called Christian patriots. Through the 1980s, and even in, more recently in some circles, whites with nationalist tendencies were called Christian patriots. Christianity and white nationalism went hand in hand. While many anti-Zionists come from the liberal left, true conservatives are supposed to be racists, since conservation of the nation or republic would also necessitate the maintenance of the original racial stock which created it. For that reason alone, did the preamble to the United States Constitution express the intent, and I quote, to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Posterity means descendants. The founding fathers were racists. Those blessings of liberty for which our white ancestors fought so hard were never intended for the floods of non-white aliens. That idea is also... Jewish propaganda. We would make the assertion that whites cannot survive at all without a return to the values of positive Christianity, the same Christianity which excluded Jews from European society and defended whites from the resulting onslaught of Arab and Turkic hordes in the Middle Ages. Additionally, the path to white survival must include the lesson that whites stop projecting their own values on the people of other races who have never actually or naturally shared any of those values. While some individuals among the other races may learn to mimic white behavior for the sake of the rewards of cooperating in a white society, such a phenomena is rarely lasting, and in subsequent generations, their bastard children always cause 
a degradation of the host white society. Furthermore, whites must have clear ideals, even if not all whites live up to them. Whites must have clear ideals which characterize white identity and strive to maintain those ideals in everyday life, or whites shall not survive as a distinct ethnic group or distinct ethnic groups and members of a wider distinct race. Whites must maintain these ideals even if all whites do not share all such characteristics. Only the recognition and elevation of an ideal can motivate a community to protect that ideal since the ideal becomes a symbol representing the identity of a people. If one is offended by the maintenance of the ideal, then that person obviously does not belong as a part of the group. Thus is the essence of white nationalism, real white nationalism. It is also the essence of true English, German, Irish, Dutch, Danish, American, Polish, Russian nationalism. A flood of Kaffirs or Turks cannot be English or German any more than the English settlers of Australia became Aborigines or the New Zealanders became Maori. Civilization is a racial construct. It is not a geographical mishap. Therefore, the real right is a racist right, and anything else is really left. Hello, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Good evening, Bill. How are you doing? Wonderful. Nice to sit across the table from you instead of doing this on, 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 on Skype. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you think? Well, what's the state of, of, of the truth movement in relation to conservatism, in, in relation to preserving our national or ethnic heritage? Well, what kind of shape are we in? How many of the websites that we would classify as truth movement or, or anti-Zionist websites, how many of those websites are really on our side? How many of those pundits and those writers? Well, not even, I wouldn't even say on our side. I'd say how many of them are just telling the truth? Because we're just on the side of truth. It's not necessarily uh, Mike and Bill's side. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. One of the things you, uh, you find when you get in and start researching the so-called truth movement, and that word has been polluted uh, like many other things that are, are well-meaning. And one of the things you find about the so-called truth movement is there's a lot of people in there not telling the truth. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that that's... Uh, Probably one of the things we're going to get into is we're going to, we're going to actually identify a bunch of these, and I know Bill's got a list here, and I got a list, and uh, you know it's good that we're doing a show tonight about this because uh, you know maybe we could title it "Taking Out the Trash." <laughs> I've been saying that a lot lately. I mean, Mike, said, why are you going after so many people? I said I was just taking out the trash. That's all. Yeah, I get sick and tired of them. But yeah, there's a lot of people out here. Um, what? There's so many different groups of this, this that we can break down. Let's say two major groups is non-whites that obviously have a dog in a fight to go against anything pro-white. And then you got whites who are just, uh, for lack of better terms, just too sissified to actually stand up for their own. And uh, you have that issue in large part because of the non-whites and, and quite frankly, mostly Jews 
that pushed this anti-white tribe in the first place. So now this, I have to clear the air about one thing, and this is important, and maybe we didn't think about it before, but but um, it's been on my mind to, to bring up tonight. So so I'm going to kind of surprise you with it, but it shouldn't be a surprise. Now, now I was always a racist all my life. I grew up in Jersey City. I knew that blacks were different from the time I was four or five years old. They were different. They weren't us, and we weren't to associate with them. I understood that as a child, right? right? And, and we always had trouble with them when we crossed that line. Right. You grew up 15 years later, maybe, in an entirely different environment. And you've come to the truth movement through 9-11 from an entirely secular position and, and have crept closer and closer to what I consider my position to be, right? right? So, so we all have a path to walk. Mm -hmm. And you've worked with people of other races in the past, right? right? right. That, now, I wouldn't criticize you for that because I see that as part of walking that path right. that you have to stumble on a stone Every once in a while, it's a part of life. None of us are perfect. I've stumbled on plenty of stones myself. Right. So, so maybe you want to discuss that for a minute before the, before the critics start trying to pull the hypocrisy card because we all have made sins. We've all erred in the past. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I, um, I hate to say this, but maybe Lindstad would be right about my former self before I became aware when he says wigger because there was probably something and some attributes about me that you could consider that to be true. Um, unfortunately, I grew up in, in government housing around nothing but predominantly blacks. Uh, you know, this is this type of situation I grew up in. So when I grew up around this, obviously, this is what you're told to emulate. You, know, you got TVs in the neighborhood, the school system, everything's pro-black and, uh, you know, uh, rap culture and everything else you can possibly imagine. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people that are, that I know that are in this uh, movement that are very pro-white that come from that aspect and had to grow out of it. And so, well, well, the fact that you grew out of it is to your credit. Right, right. And so and there's, and I fought, I fought the, the pro-white racialist ideology to the last bit. And everything I did searching for the truth, I had no problem. And I hit, uh, you know, I hit the Alex Jones days with, uh, we're being lied to about separate stuff. Then you hit the anti-Zionist stuff and you, you certainly, that was a little bit of a hurdle going from anti-Zionist to going, yeah, it's just these Jews, you know. So you have this, this hurdle like, oh, I, you know, I still don't want to be labeled an anti-Semite. Because you have a lot of gatekeeping Jews and, uh, you know, gullible, gullible idiots that want to push that, oh, it's not all Jews. And, the, and it's very, very much so improvable, genetically, a Jewish problem uh, on so many levels. But, you know, that's another hurdle. But the biggest hurdle was to, uh, you know, which to go against you, the hardest program they have against you, and this is this anti-white agenda they dump on your face all the time. And so I worked with, uh, you name it, I've worked with blacks, I've worked with Hispanics, I uh, protested back in early 07 with a Palestinian group. I learned real quick that Palestinians are full of crap. Uh, you know, I went there and went and stood side by side with them about their so-called plight that they, you know, they're in, and then uh, and it come time to me to speak about the U.S. liberty or even 9-11, nothing even pro-white, they want nothing to do with it. You know, it's, it's their, their cause and their cause only is what they cared about. Um, but that was a, certainly a good lesson because they got me to realize, you know, that, that whites are naturally just bleeding hearts for everybody else's cause. And so then I moved on, uh, yeah, obviously, even up to recently, <laughs> I still, uh, still didn't learn a lesson that keep it right, keep it white. And, uh, you know, I had people that run my network that, uh, you know, were claiming white and pro-white nationalists and everything else. And when it really came time, pushing the shove, uh, they showed their true Jewish colors. And 
So that's that's what you have. You, you learn those lessons, and I certainly have stomped to the grounds to learn these lessons the hard way. And that's it, a I, you know it's a good thing. It was the path I took, and uh, you know I'm here now where I'm at. So, but uh, yeah. Well, well, sometimes the hardest lessons to learn are are are, are the um the, the the most valuable to earn. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, what we've all what we've all had a past that we don't necessarily have to be proud of. Right. Nobody is born in the truth and receives a perfect education through to adulthood. Right. Nobody in today's society. There are a few people born in Christian identity, and, and they're few and far between, and, and even those people are sometimes caught up in the world. Right. And, and we have to deal with the world. Now, um, I, I, I would say... Um, I considered myself a paleo-conservative in the 1980s but I thought, and 90s, but I thought we could have a political solution. Mm-hmm. I thought conservatives could win based on the value of their ideas. I voted for Ronald Reagan twice. Mm-hmm. I, I voted for Bush Sr. I, I voted against Bill Clinton. I voted for Bob Dole, the, the biggest sellout to the white race in 100 years. Right. Bob Dole is a total sellout. He, he, we saw David Duke say today on television, we were watching an old David Duke, Jerry Springer show, and, and we watched David Duke say that Bob Dole presided over the destruction of America in, in the Senate as president of the Senate, and, and to a good extent he did. But, but that, that's, you know, when we're out there in the world and, and, and we think what we know is what we're firm in that conviction, and, and people that um, people that are firm in their convictions and are willing to fight for them often fight for the wrong things. Because they don't have the, the complete picture. They don't have the, the whole education that they need. So, so we, we can, it, it's, um, I don't hold it against you for doing um, certain things with certain other people along the way, but now you're here, and that's what counts. Right, right. That's what matters. I can promise I'm not going to be standing side by side by any Negro at any time soon. Well, well right, <laughs> absolutely. But, but the, um, we've, that you've just cut some people off of your network for that reason. Right. And all the opposition, and I noticed this early on, all of the opposition is basically the anti-racist action wing of the truth movement, or, or what we have to call the truth movement, for, for lack of a better term. Right. I, I like to call it sometimes that the, the, um, the reactionary right is a term I've used to describe it, but not all these people... Can, can be even considered to the right side of the political spectrum. A lot of them are just flaming leftists that happen to be anti-Zionists. Right, right. Oh, you got a ton of those. I got a ton of those. Yeah, we we can we can run through the gamut of of the uh, anti-Zionist leftists who would other other than um, than the fact that they're completely against Jews in Israel winning over the Palestinians. They're antithetical with pretty much our beliefs that are pro-white. You know, uh, whether it's white nationalist, Christian identist, or whatever have you, they're completely antithetical with anything, uh, especially when it comes to race. You know, when it comes to race, they when it comes down to it, put it like this: there's uh, people like uh, like let's say clowns that call themselves fighting against zio-fascism. There's there's a there's a Jew anonymously who runs a site that does that. He runs around with calls himself anti-Zio-fascism. And uh, he's been around for years. The guy's Jewish. He's behind the scenes. And it's, it's funny because people take his site seriously. But his idea is that uh, 
you know, what he says he has a problem with is something I don't necessarily have a problem with. I have a problem with all these other issues. You know, I don't necessarily have a problem that uh, Israel, uh, you know, the, the toilet bowl in the Middle East wants to build a wall around their geographical location. Who cares? Yeah, why would, you know, why am I, what am I going to cry a tear about that? On the other hand, is this clown, this anonymous Jew, going to care about the Dresden bombing, going to care about our immigration problem? You know, going to care about the, the Jewish media pushing all this fag agenda on our televisions to our kids and do the, the government Jewish-controlled education system? Of course not. He doesn't care about that because he's not on the, uh, absolutely the moral issues, nothing racial. So none of these issues are going to pertain to him. And in fact, he's going to fight against us in these issues because at the nature of his core, and especially that particular individual, he is Jewish. And, you know, if you brought this up, there's a couple of good articles, and I'm sure you got some as well, Bill, that you touched upon. But there's a couple of good articles written out there and um, that have really highlighted this point and I, I would like to touch upon this. Say somebody's in the anti-Zionist movement, they really don't understand this is a Jewish issue, a Jewish issue of uh, an epidemic war between whites and Jews in a very, very uh, millennia-old one, like many millennia-old one. And any other races are a tool that the Jews yeah. use against whites. Yeah, they're inconsequential at all. They're, they're symptoms of problems that we might have, and that's all they are. But... When we look at this this mega war that we have between Jews and whites, you know a lot of a lot of blacks that even are two whites like go, oh, oh they're trying to wipe us out. Well, if they're trying to wipe you out, then why is the black population exploding? The white population is the only population that's declining at a rapid rate. The white population, and this I'm preaching this to the choir, but for people that don't understand this, you look in Africa, their numbers are exploding. You look in any of the white countries, African numbers are exploding. So it isn't Jews trying to wipe out blacks. Sure, they had black slavery, which the Jews, you know, pinned on white people, even though it was white people had freedom and so on and so forth. But you have Jews that will fight against this. And, and I made this analogy before to be careful of when you're looking at so-called issue being a Zionist problem versus a Jewish problem. And in this sense, you look at Zionism as being a political party or an aspiration to start the, uh, the state of Israel. And that's all in its generic form it is. So when you go, oh, somebody's a Zionist, somebody's a Zionist, that really doesn't identify how big of a pile of crap they really are. It just says, hey, I support this uh, so-called oppressive regime, which is what the leftists is really pointed to. So anti-Zionism is a leftist movement. And quite frankly, I am glad to see that going, because at least the leftists that uh, helped destroy this country throughout the 50s and 60s are now, at some degree, pointing at the Jewish issue. I mean, they can they can run all they want and hide and be cower against the fact that Zionism is a Jewish issue. They they can't do that, you know. And I, I know a lot of these clowns out here like to go, oh, it's the Christian Zionists. They're gullible. They're gullible white, uh, you know, middle class idiots that think they're going there and worshiping, uh, you know, uh, the 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 people that they're lying to about and so on and so forth. But when we got the difference here is between Jews and anti-Zionism, you know, you got that, like, the Tirakartha group, this uh, anti-Zionist rabbis. And you can go into Wayback Machine and see, the, see them promoted on my website back in, like, 07. But the idea here... Well, well a lot of conservative groups and right-wing reactionary right groups have promoted the, those anti-Zionist Jews, and that's because they feel that they have a valuable ally. When Jews are speaking up, well, like Nathaniel Kastner, with this brother Nathaniel, oh, yeah, he's, he's a clown. He's a whole that, other that, they, a lot of Christians on the halfway there right 
that they like to um, hold him up as an icon right. against Jews, and, he, and he's really turning Christianity into a circus, right? right or, or trying to. He's not our ally at all. But no, no a lot of right-wing people of, of conservative mentality have, have held these Jewish groups up or these Jewish spokespeople up. It's his oldest time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was a lot of the um, Christian identity people love to circulate the Rosenthal material <laughs> and, and the, um, the, the Myron Fagan material and, and stuff like that. And those people are also, they're early versions of, of these modern Jewish anti-Zionists. Yeah, and there is, here's a here's a catch-22 with them kind of situations. Because you do have, like, the Rosenthal documents, you do have people like Nathaniel Kapner, you do have the Benjamin Friedman and the Bobby Fishers. And psychologically, those things do work for somebody getting into the movement. The problem is when they get hung up on the fact that they're getting right. awoken to this conspiracy, if you want to call it, by the people that are in the conspiracy themselves. So it's kind of an oxymoron to say, I woke up to the Jews from the Jews. You know, you wouldn't, in no other aspect in life would you say, I, I learned how to do something from the enemy that I'm learning. You know, it, it just, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it's a complete oxymoron. But in the society that we're dealing with and the Jews that have a foothold on somebody that already is, is completely indoctrinated from birth to, to worship these monsters, and, you know, sometimes that is, if, if carefully worked out, say, hey, look, you know, this, uh, you know, look at even even some of the Jews hate themselves. You know, look at Bobby Fisher. He said they're, uh, you know, uh, lying bastard, mutilation, pedophiles, and everything else. But, you know, just because he said that doesn't mean you don't have to listen. And I told you that. I told you that with some credibility from the outside, not somebody that was part of that group. And uh, But, you know, getting to this, the Zionists and Jew thing, you have people that get hung up on anti-Zionists, but, but will excuse Jews all day. And the danger in that, especially with these anti-Zionist rabbis, the danger in that is that the anti-Zionist rabbis are actually smarter than the arrogant Jews that live in Israel. And the reason so is because the arrogant Jews in Israel really think they got this beat. They think, hey, we got a home base, we can get away with anything carte blanche. You know, it's always been said that their arrogance is what takes them down. Well, it's the smarter Jews... And it doesn't necessarily have to be this pure character group. It could be uh, these clowns uh, that run these websites that claim to be fighting Zionism all day. And we can go through that whole entire gamut of their names, uh, you know, ones that are from France or Sandpoint, Idaho, or you name it, you know, these, these clowns that really claim to be fighting these uh, issues uh, are actually the ones that are the smartest bunch of Jews and really get over, really get to pull the wool over on other people's eyes because... They get them convinced and, and, and make them an apologist for either some Jews or an aspect of Jews. Like some of them will say, oh, it's just Judaism. It's just Zionism. Uh, it's just a group of bad Jews. It's this, this, and this, and that. And then you got the aspect, well, okay, we identify the enemy correctly. Say it's a genetic Jewish enemy we're dealing with here. No matter how you look at it, it's genetically Jewish. And then you look at the other side and find, well, who's their biggest opposers and who's their greatest threat? And you don't, you don't go, it's the, the Middle East Muslims. You don't go, it's the Chinese. So whites, whites have always been and only will be their biggest threat and will be the ones that will bring demise to them. So, you know, it, until you can identify, uh, you know, race as an issue in this, because it absolutely is it's completely a part of it. The first thing I learned when I came out of the anti-Zionist into the so-called Jew-wise truth movement was that, uh, when you learn about Jews, it is a racial thing no matter what. 
And that's why you have these other clowns out here who go, it's just Judaism. As if it's just religious, then they're a good Jew when they convert to Catholic Catholicism. They're a good Jew when they say, I'm not a Jew anymore. But they can never run from that tay-sax-infested, parasitic, cancerous, genetic gene that they have straight from Satan. Well, well right. Their, genes, their, their, their genetics, their, their genetic composition is what keeps them evil. It's what keeps them a problem from generation to generation. We had a Jew problem in, in Europe long before we had Zionism, long before Palestine, long before that, that, that patch of land over there in, in, in the Middle East was officially recognized in 1948. Right. We had a Jew problem long before Christ. We've, if, if you go back and look in history and identify who the Jews are, we've had a Jew problem for 7,000 years right. or better. Well, we've, this is an age-old problem. These people have manifested themselves as parasites and destroyers of white society time and time again throughout history. Right. It, it, it still continues because the problem is never identified properly on racial terms. Right. There was a flip-flop in, in the early centuries of Christianity. You could see a flip-flop from... From Christian bishop to Christian bishop, and later on from Roman pope to Roman pope, where, where some understood the Jews should be excluded and should never be converted, and then you always had your your your, um, your bleeding heart um, softy come along and say, well, maybe we should try to convert the Jews. You had the same thing in that book, The Jewish Threat, where you're looking at the anti-Semitism in the U.S. military. Right. You had some people in the U.S. military who felt... Get rid of Jews altogether, and then you had the same same thing. You had a group of soft-hearted individuals that thought, well, some of these Jews. Uh, I think uh, Joe McCarthy learned that lesson the hard way, didn't he? He had a, the Jewish uh, assistant with him, and well, well, right, the Jews, right, <laughs> and, and that's even it, that runs even deeper than that in our government. It, it's that there were things that happened before and after World War One. Gerald Nye, the the um, U.S. Senator Gerald Nye was was um, examining the arms industry after World War One and their role in instigating our entry into the war and, and the banks, and he called them the merchants of death, and his attorney for those hearings was Alger Hayes, right. who, who, who was one of the biggest communists in, 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 the, um, in the Roosevelt administration later on. So, so it's a lot of um, a, a lot of Staunch, let me call them conservatives or, or right wingers or, or pro American patriots in our political system for a long time now have always thought that they could have the good Jew on their side. Right. And, and it's never worked to our advantage. It, it's always been a problem. It's always resulted in some form of treachery. Right. Well, absolutely. And, you know, this is, I, I guess, what, how can we explain to these people, Bill, that? Basically, what we're dealing with here, with because getting back to this whole truth movement thing and the frauds, and there's so many different things that fight against people being pro-white. I, I say like this: you're the, you're the number one enemy in the world right now. If you're white, you're male, you're straight, and you're Christian, and you know it, and you know it. <laughs> if you have those four attributes to you, then you're screwed. You know, you're really you're really fighting the biggest battle of your life. 
And, and if you realize that people, if anybody's telling the truth against any of those things, you've got people in the anti-Zionist movement who promote homosexuality. You've got people in the white nationalist movement that try to do that, man. Right. Uh, you've got people that, that um, geez, uh, that push the feminist angle, you know, against men all the time and, and make it sound like the, there is no such thing as Jewish-inspired militant feminism out there. Well, well and, and that's feminism... What women have been used as a tool, if you read the Communist Manifesto, mm -hmm. if you read the Protocols of, of Zion, mm -hmm. the Jews knew that if they could liberate women from their, their, their husbands and, and their fathers, that they could control women because women have a natural empathy. Or learn FB, right? That, that, right. <laughs> well, women have a natural empathy that men don't have. That, that affects uh, most of the many of their thoughts and feelings when it comes to the voting voting box, especially on social issues and and, and things that that affect the, the structure of the national economy and things like that. Where women are much more likely to vote liberal, Democrat, yeah, and, and and it's because those people have adopted that position and, and that, that social justice position. And that's basically the Jews have been able to, through, through women's suffrage, move the political spectrum 90 degrees to the left, right. at, at least. And that's, you know, that, that's um, peculiar to recent American history, but they knew that they could do that. Right. They knew that they could corrupt our race a lot easier by liberating our women. And that plan is spelled out in those documents. It's, it's in the Communist Manifesto. It's in the Protocols of Zion. Well, and then one of the things, too, that um, basically the Jew has, has done with the women, and, it, and quite frankly, it's, it's white men's fault, ultimately, when it comes down to this, as, as a collective, it is. Um, not individually, it's not every white man's problem, uh, fault that this happened, but a woman, and I'm sure you can back this up biblically, Bill, a woman is supposed to be under the arm or the wing of the father until she's under the wing of the husband. And without the guidance of those two important male roles in her life, she is susceptible to that surrogate Jewish daddy or that surrogate Jewish uh, mister or husband. Well, well, absolutely. Women have a very important role in a normal, non-Judaized society. In a patriarchal society, women have a crucial role, and because the woman has been liberated from that role, now we have... I think it's like three or four, it's probably four generations of our children have been raised by television and public schools now. Right. And what we see, these attitudes that are prevalent in our children today are because women have been removed from their traditional role in society. Mm -hmm. And that's been a, that's been a huge detriment to our cause. So feminism, as, as well as any sort of of um, promotion of race mixing, diversity, multiculturalism. Feminism is just as much an enemy yeah. to, to our cause, and it's anti-Christian. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's a very it was promiscuous in nature as well. I mean, too, it's for the, for the woman to go off and uh, you know, flaunt herself or to be out there on the wrong side of the tracks, to always know. It's like this. You know, divorce rates that went 75% now in this country or something astronomical. And that was, those are numbers I heard years ago. But you look at it, and, and like I'm saying, the, the surrogate daddy or the surrogate husband is the two court systems. And every male knows 
that if you were to say have a custody battle and it's just an even odds, you've lost. You've lost a male, like I said, a straight white Christian male. You're the enemy, no matter where you step foot. And so, you know, this is they, the females know this, and being that females are more tendency, I don't want to say gullible or naive or weak-minded, but along those lines where they're susceptible to the enemy because they're not supposed to be facing the enemy. The males are supposed well, to be Well, women have the, those, those mothering, nurturing instincts. Which are good for children. Which are excellent for their role, their traditional role in the family, and that's what makes the woman the ideal creation of God right. to be a counterpart to the male. But they, th those... Those traits are a detriment in, in a political society, you know, out there in, on the political front, in warfare, and, 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 and things like that, that are men are just better suited for. And that, that's men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I, I don't, that, that's a Jewish pop culture idea. Right, right. But men and women have different traits, and, and they're for specific purposes. That's how God made us. Right, right, absolutely. And that's that kind of goes with the same thing, uh, like I said, when the women are out of the environment that they were naturally made for. When whites, when white countries are immigrated upon by other non-whites, they have that same nature, like we were talking about before that. We, well, I did a show actually on your network with, with Corsican a while back about this, about why whites are, are naturally socialist in, in a sense, but they're turning libertarian to be, was it uh, not implicitly white? I guess it would be implicitly white, under the table white. And that is because out of their environment, they're out of their environment with this, with this non-white population because they naturally do help each other out. Whites uphold each other because it's, on, a, on an investment strategy, it's a great strategy to have. I mean, you would, of course, invest in white people. You wouldn't be given all these affirmative action grants off all these Negroes to wonder why the money's going down the toilet. Well, all right, but I see libertarianism as a last refuge of desperate white, a Jewish one, to, to, and, and it's libertarianism, libertarianism is 100% Jewish, right? right? But whites feel that they have to... Whites feel that they have to compromise in order to survive. Libertarianism is the answer. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, well, if you want to do that, if you really want to do that, you just leave me alone so right. I can do what I want to do. Right. But libertarianism is the answer to a desperate white man who feels he has to compromise in order to survive. Right. And libertarianism is the ideal political schema for the Jew, because it allows the Jew to be as much of a pervert, <laughs> as much of a deviant, as much of a treacherous bastard as he wants, in a libertarian society, the world is safe for Jews. Well, and that's, that's getting back to the difference between Jewish freedom and white freedom. If you look at the two arch-rivals here in this big war on this planet, you have uh, basically white Aryan freedom, which is it's almost economical freedom is what it is. White, if a white is able to provide for his family unfettered, it's going to be a very good thing for him. Whereas Jews, they want to be unfettered in uh, pedophilia and homosexuality and you know these uh, everything degenerate and debauchery that they could you know come up with. They want to have unfettered uh, freedom to to push drugs. And, well, well, right. When the Jews when the Jews led the led the charge to liberate our women. They really only wanted to liberate them from their panties. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And breed with them. And then they sent all our good good men off to World War II and then stayed home. 
well, you know, like all the like all the books wrote the honest books that they were cowards when it came to war. They'd stay back and uh, try to breed with the women at home here. And so that's uh, that's you know that's the Jewish way. That's certainly uh, certainly how they act, or how they do the things, right? <laughs> well, well, that's why the, the the real right, the real truth movement, the real right, and, and what's really what what's really um, integral to the survival of our race it, is Christian. It's racist mm-hmm. and, and it's patriarchal. And it's more or less the traditional society that Europe thrived under for, for 1,500 years. Absolutely. You know, well, getting back into, like I said, this truth movement and how they fight the racial stuff. I don't know if you want to identify any names. We, we know. Uh, yeah, we can name all the names we want. Some <laughs> of these clowns deserve to be named. Right. Some of these clowns deserve to be pointed out. The, the Mark Lenz and 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 uh, Daryl Bradford Smith, the Arthur Toppums and the Daryl Bradford Smiths, and, and all these anti-Zionists. Well, hate the hate the Zionist Jew, love the Jew at home. Right. Hate hate, right. hate, hate the um. Love the, the Arab, Arab love the Arab Arab everywhere, right. and allow your society to be run over over by them. That they want. It's they're the other side of the coin. The Zionist expects us to hate the Arab in Palestine and love them in America. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, we can, we can. Get, I, I guess we can touch upon the whole Mark Lynn stuff that's been going on. Well, well, he should be, he, he should be at the forefront, but because there's a perfect, there's a perfect example. He's perfect for that. Of a man who has been embraced by many historical revisionists, many people on the Christian right. In America, he's been embraced by them. He's held up at, at, as an icon by them. And, and he's not working in white interest or American interest or nationalist interest at all. He only cares, if you really scratch the surface on him, all you'll see is a pro-Palestinian Arab looking out for pro-Palestinian Arab interests and manipulating patriotic Americans into supporting the interests of pro-Palestinian Arabs, which are nevertheless detrimental to white American interests. Right. You know what? Let me put it like this. Mark Lynn is more anti-white than the Jew Michael Savage, the radio show. Right, he probably is. He really is. I mean, this guy, you know, that's a shame. Like, I can name at least five Jews off the top of my head that are more pro-white than Mark Lynn is. And, yeah, if you you don't understand that Mark Lynn is basically a, a complete enemy of ours, he has shown his two colors recently, and, and thankfully I called him out on, on some of his discrepancies with uh, his viewers on his site. But, it, you know, it's a shame. I look at it and I see it as a shame that people follow this guy. When him, like many others, like Arthur Topham, who's got a, he's got a Jewish life. Uh, you know, Daryl Bradford Smith, who cries the Negro violin every second he can. But, you know, when anything pro-white comes up, that guy runs with his tail tucked. So you have people like Mark Lamb. Well, first of all, he's not white. He's mixed, and who knows what he's really mixed with, but you can clearly see that he's not white. He's about as white as ZCF was. So, he's a, well, ZCF, my, my, my listeners may not all know who ZCF oh, is. Zion Crime Factory, the guy I sponsored a site for, um, that I owned a site from the get-go. I let him write on it, and that I uh, restricted him from the site I owned from the get-go. And I let him be told that I stole anything. I sure that uh, the ICANN authorities would come and strip the domain from me if it was something of, of theft there, which it wasn't, and uh, it was quite... And here's the thing, that whole 
that whole crowd, that grass, this, the whole Zion Crime Factory issue, the whole crowd went the way of uh, CI Bash. Like, all of a sudden, even though, and Bill, you can attest to this, I, I hardly ever, and people don't even realize this until it's actually brought to their attention, that I, I, I consider Christian identity. You know, I subscribe to that, and, and I know it's true and everything else, but I don't necessarily promote it because I would consider myself a stepping stone in a sense that, hey, I, I'll get you to the pro-white Jewish level, but I'm a student of CI, so I'm not going to sit there and pretend to be a teacher. And then anytime anybody brings up questions, they hey, go over there to Bill Finks, you know, go to his website, chrisandjenny.org. And that's how I play the role. So for them, for that whole crowd and, and, of, of supporters of that issue, and for even Mark Glenn, who's kowtowing this now as if uh, this is a Christian identity nutcases or something, you know, these, these guys have no idea what Christian identity is. And then they go and call it out like, oh, all of a sudden I'm this bad Christian identity guy when they didn't even know I was CI for, for years. They're like, oh, wait, my CI? Oh, that's CI nutcase. Wait, you guys didn't even know I was CI. Now all of a sudden I'm a CI nutcase. Like, how, how convenient that works for you. And then uh, here's another thing that really bugs me. There is tons and tons and tons of us. See, Mark Glenn's not an anonymous troll. We can identify him. We can see the problem with him. But he's mixed. He's he's a, he's a half breed. He's uh you know he's got nine kids on welfare. Listen, we can actually investigate him. So that's why I like that he's out and open. You know, I, strange as this by saying, I'd give him a little more respect than I'd give a troll because a troll can go there anonymously and just put his two cents in on people's sites. I know you don't let this happen. I don't let this happen. But there's other guys that got decent sites out here, and they let these trolls put in their two cents with absolutely no repercussion and no investigation who it is behind the account. And that's, you know, that's something else that we need to be aware of. Uh, take, for instance, Mike Langstead. Is that who this is? Mark or Mike, Mike Langstead. Mike Langstead. Perfect example. Guy's got a, a phony picture up there. He's probably a sock puppet for only who knows. He's, you're probably Mark Lenz, probably. Yeah, Mark Lenz. I mean, he could totally be that. You know, but this guy, he's on Facebook, and he bashes the living heck out of uh, Bill, myself. And here's another thing. No matter how good somebody might be associated to one of these individuals, they're all of a sudden going down the toilet. And Mark Lenz showed his true colors with John Friend recently when um, – John Frank got to know all of us, got to know Bill, got to know myself, got to know even people like Scott Roberts and, uh, and Andre for Tovashos who are on CI at all. So this isn't a CI thing that they have a problem with. CI is just their biggest threat. As they really have a problem with white nationalism. They have a problem that's with white nationalism. Right. That's the real problem because that's the common denominator. If they're attacking you right. and you don't expose to the public that you're Christian identity, right. and they're attacking me, and I am Christian identity, right. and then they're attacking Scott Roberts, who's anti-Christian, who's not, <laughs> yeah, he's an anti-Christian, he's just a white nationalist, right. generic vanilla white nationalist, and then and their real problem, their real problem is with racism, their right. real problem, because that's the only common denominator we all have, is that we are all pro-white, mm -hmm. and don't hide or, or mask or gloss over or obscure our, our pro-white tendencies and, and our disregard for non-whites. Oh, and not only that, but our identification of the Jew accurately, too. Well, well right. You know, well, as far as a non-CI person can identify a Jew as being a genetic issue, and all of these are genetic issues. But, you know, CI adds to that was even a way better definition. So that's now another trick these people have, and, and Mark Lenn is guilty of this, mm -hmm. and, and um, that, that clown from Veterans Today is guilty of this, and, and Gordon Duff, 
He did this to you lately. And, and, and a lot of the others are guilty of this. When they find that you're a racist, they want to label you as an ADL shell. Oh, they, yes. They can't believe... <laughs> They can't believe that anybody would be a racist without getting paid for it, I guess. Right, right. It's incredible. Well, you know what they've used? They, they, this is a classic case, and I fell for it and promoted this as well. And you got clowns like Adam Austin for Subverted Nation who still push this idea. Because a Jew or a couple of Jews were able to subvert groups that were within the thousands, you know, excuse me, uh, say the Klan. You know, no, no, I'm not a, I'm not a big person to you know be pro clan or nothing like that. But say the clan is pro white, and so you get a Jew in there, you get a Jew in the NSM or something. These these groups that are a little more activists or so on and so forth. You get one Jew that gets in there, and they're like, oh, there's a Jew that was in there doing this and that, like uh, Frank Cohen or Collins out of uh, out of Illinois. In he uh, got in there and did, you know, did a big march saying we're going to burn more Jews, basically perpetuating the myth of the hollow hoax. And, uh, you know, so they love to use these single or a couple of single incidents to somehow discredit the merit behind white nationalism, being pro-white, Christian identity, whatever you want to call it, anything that has to do with identifying race as an issue and being pro-white. These people love to use that. And these the, the, the issues they're bringing up are not even ADL-funded plants in the first place. They're just Jews that got in the woodwork. And, and uh, they might have even been self-hating Jews, for all we know. Who knows the real case of what their real motivation was? I mean, it never came out what Frank Collins or Cohen was really doing in the NSM. Uh, some people even pulled up the fact that he's writing um, uh, pro-fascism books even to this day out of northern Wisconsin. He's a pedophile, too, but... He doesn't. No, there was no time to say he was actually ADL. In regards of it, that doesn't discredit anything with to do with about race. They never identify race. So you have somebody like uh, Daryl Bradford Smith, from Iowa Witness, or you have somebody like Mark Lynn, who will run all day and talk about white trash, trailer trash, hick, hillbilly, blah blah blah. They'll use racial slanders against white while they're calling you a racist like the biggest hypocrite could possibly do, and then sit there and excuse black violence and black ghettos or, or Islamic invasions. You know, they, they completely excuse this. The hordes of mestizos coming over the border. And, uh, yeah, they, who happen to be racist. Who happen to be racist. Who, who, who happen to be racist. Like Malazzo, which means the race. Right, or black power, or you name it. You know, this, this is uh, the hypocrisy in this. So, you know, it's funny... Mark Lynn had a nerve to call for a scarlet letter on me, right? And I and I find it funny because the only scarlet letter that happened was against him in the sense that here's what happened when he went on this tirade against me. And I basically I just pointed out the fact that he was uh he was a fraud and a phony and he was feeding his nine uh mongrelized kids off the donations of his website supporters. And he's got a fairly popular website. He he ranks up there pretty high. And so, you know, I wanted to point this out because as a person, Bill's got many servers. i got a couple servers. You know, these servers actually do cost money. We actually do have real servers that, you know, cost money. And so when I see somebody like Mark Lynn, who's fairly popular, if you'd have been a nobody, I wouldn't have cared. But he's fairly popular, and I know that white people, not, you know, I'm sure there ain't a lot of Negroes and, and Arabs that are paying his bill. I'm sure it's probably bleeding heart anti-Zionist white people are paying this guy's bill. And that's all I did is I pointed out the fact that, He's, and in one article I had to show this, I pointed it out, in 
one article he's saying, thanks for her. Please help donate to keep this operation going. And then right down in the comment section of that same article, he goes, in my free blog site. <laughs> I had to point this out, you know, because the thing that inspired me to do this, not like I was just trying to pick a fight, is because about four and a half years ago, Mike Piper had sent an, forwarded me an email where Mark Glenn, who shouldn't have had a problem with me at the time because I was anti-racist and anti-Zionist, but he felt I was a threat then, I guess, too, because he said, oh, the Internet's a great thing, except when you get people like Delaney on there, they need to be censored off the Internet. And I never once said anything until just recently, and I've read in another comment on a site that he called me a nutcase and a, uh, a multiple convicted felon, even though he didn't know what the heck my felony was for. And, you know, so this guy went on, he, I guess he had, I didn't realize this, but I guess he had just attacked everybody. He's just an, uh, an a-hole. Well, that's, that's all I want to do is, is basically point out the fact that this guy's a fraud, he's a hustler, he's a shammer, uh, he's what a, he's what a model does best. He doesn't fit in, he doesn't have any allegiance to anybody but himself and his... Because his entire operation is zero cost. Right, his entire operation is zero cost, you know. And and here's the thing... So, so he should have been more honest in, appeal, in his appeal for donations. Well, he should have been, and he should have been honest when he attacked me. He never once attacked what I said... He attacked me. He called me everything under the book. He called me all these racial names. And then anybody I was associated with, of course, Bill was, uh, you know, this and this is that. Scott Roberts jumped out into the video. Well, Scott Roberts was a wigger, this and this and that. He never once addressed any of the situations. And this is the thing. These guys can't. When these guys are phony out there, they can't address the truth. Do people bring the truth to Bill or myself or even these other guys? No, because we're already speaking it. We're speaking it to the best of our capability. And, and so when these guys, they have no leg to stand on. And, you know, I guess ultimately what we're trying to get at is, is we'd like to see less less white people uh, having any kind of support for this and to be more strict upon, you know, who they want, they want to, uh, I guess, validate as a source of information for them because there's a, certainly a lot of rabbit holes. I know I've been down pretty much every rabbit hole you can imagine. I've been down the Jim Condit rabbit hole. I told Bill here, I said, you know, I set that debate up with uh, Jim Condit and Bill here about the Hitler was a Jew debate. I, before that happened, I was a Hitler was a Jew fanatic. I have that still on my site in the archives. I even uh, reauthored Jim Condit's DVD, Final Solution for Adolf Hitler. So, you know, I've been to these pitfalls. I've been to these, uh, the, what do you call the kosher hangouts and all that. And uh, you, you come to learn through these, through, you know, I certainly learned through through experience in the hard way. And, uh, you know, and so now what I have to offer is, is a position to say, you know, this so-and-so, and I can certainly speak uh, on people like Mark Glenn and, uh, you know, all the, the Canadian people. <laughs> the, 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 the whole truth movement in Canada is shot. The whole all everyone of them. Wayne, the, Wayne the Jew from Justice for Germans. Right. Okay. okay. Well, when he found out, he was my Facebook friend. Right. Well, we were friends on Facebook, right? And, and we had had um, constructive conversations, but really short, brief conversations. Right. And when he found out, because he didn't have me associated with, it, even though he had my Mein Kampf project linked on Justice for Germans. I don't think he associated with me, me with Christagania.org and, and my positions on race. And one night on Facebook, we had a discussion. He found out I was a racist, mm-hmm. and he disconnected from me totally. Right. right there, he went. I have three. I had three Facebook accounts. He disconnected and blocked all of them 
he sought out my other two accounts, and one of them he couldn't have even known about. And he blocked all of my Facebook accounts and made every attempt he could to totally um, shut himself off from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was incredible. Just because he found out that I was a Christian identity racist. Right, right. For no other reason. Right. We didn't have any any evil exchanges. Well, what was he going to point well, out? We didn't have wrong. any argument, any bad words. Well, what was he going to point out that ever you said was wrong? What was he, he going to say? Right. I mean, all he's going to say, oh, you're a racist. Yeah, and <laughs> this is, yeah, this, they have no leg to stand on. And there's so many of them in Canada, like the but, Arthur Topham. Arthur Topham is only Jewish wife. His wife's a Jew. But she's not a Jew anymore because she just disowned it. She disowned you. She disowned you, you can't disown your genes. <laughs> you can't disown your genes. No, you can't. She's still a Jew. Mm-hmm. She can't be an un-Jew. No. There's no such thing as an un-Jew. <laughs> Race is uh, not something that you could exchange. Yeah, then I had to chew on my network. Now, now there's also Topham. I, I don't really see him speak out directly against Jews. For the, for the fact that they're Jews. Well, and he really doesn't. And they got this artificial case, I guess, against Canada. The Canadian government somehow has a case against him. I don't really see how, but they do. He uh, builds himself as the radical guy, and he's not radical at all. He's not. No, he's not radical at all. <laughs> no radical would be like we're burying these Jews next week in the bottom of the lake, in Superior or something. So, so, and, and he's basically an anti-racist, also. Yeah, it, he's made statements that 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 were um, oh, absolutely, were absolutely were patently anti-racist. Right, justice for Germans, Lane. He's made statements that were patently anti-racist. Right, that these people may as well be the the anti-fire of of that they can't be part of the truth movement. We can't really put them in that category. They might be anti-Zionists. Well, I think you really do have people that are coming from a branch of Antifa because Antifa is, I mean, anybody that's got the internet is going to realize Antifa stands for uh, so many dissolutions, like the 9-11 was done by Arab hijackers, the Holocaust happened, this and this and this and that. But with the internet now, with, with the truth getting out there, the Antifa doesn't really have a leg to stand on. They can still stand against racism if they like, you know, because that's something... And Antifa actually means anti-fascism. Anti-fascism, exactly. So... They, I think you have a lot of those people kind of coming over through either the 9-11 scene or what have you, but they're still not going to make that leap. Well, quite frankly, and these, a lot of these people are anonymous. We don't really know who they are. They can very well just be Jews, you know? Why would anybody, I don't really know Andrew, anyway, but why would anybody who has websites that, that, that puts out sort of the information that we put out, mm-hmm. why would anybody of that group take anonymous content, comments mm-hmm. and allow those trolls to, to basically publish that their, that their perverted opinions and keep them on their website? I don't get it. Well, yeah, I've had talks with Andrew from Total Fascism. And, uh, you know, because he just started that site, he used to be real big in the forum. Everybody had their open, had their say. And I said, well, I said, if you believe in fascism, you don't believe in that then anymore, right? <laughs> well, I don't know, Andrew. I don't dislike right. it because I really don't know. Uh, well, I, I, think really, I think it's kind of, uh, I don't want to say premature. Or, it, it, he's at a stage where he's learning that, you know, more and more not to let that happen on a site. I certainly had discussions with him, like, why would you even let that go? Well, I, I'm open for debate, but these aren't debates. These are anonymous trolls. 
just dumping dirt on 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 top of you, and you're defending. Well, well, right. I have a forum. I have a forum right. where where I will allow open, honest debate right. within certain parameters. Right. I don't want to hear from anti-Christians. I don't want to hear from anti-racists. They could all just go to hell. Right. I don't want to hear from pro-Jews. I don't want to hear from Negroes. They could all. They will all just go to hell. Right. I, I don't. If you're a Christian, and if you understand the importance of Christian identity, of race, you don't have to be Christian identity. You can come join my forum, and I will have, or, or the people there will converse with you, as long as you're civil, and you don't go bashing Christianity from some idiotic Jew-atheist point of view. Right. Well, they, you know, if they come in there and go, build a convict, and blah, 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 uh, you're wrong. Well, well right. Instead of going, hey, Bill, I got, I got a discrepancy with this person. You know, this I'm, I'm not going to surrender my research. Now, I allow people to make comments on a lot of my websites, not Christagenia, right. but on my comp site. Mm -hmm. People can register for that site, leave comments. Mm -hmm. On my Saxon Messenger site, there's a little forum that's never used. People can register for that site, leave comments, make forum posts. There's all these little sections I have where people can participate, but I'm not going to allow my enemies to take advantage of my resources. Right. They're not going to do it. You go say, if, if you want to knock my jock off, if you want to criticize me, fine. Go do it at WordPress. Go start yourself up a blog at, at, blog, at Blogger. Go get your own talk to account. Say what you want. But you're not going to use my resources and, and the resources that my supporters provide in order to push your anti-racist Jewish agenda. And that's why I don't, I don't. I like John Friend, but he allows comments on on his blogs that I would never allow, and and so does um, <laughs> so others of 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 our um, general persuasion. And and um, right. I don't understand it. I, I think I think not that it's gullible, but I think they truly believe that the people that are coming to their site have the best intentions to learn and to be you know part of the discussion instead of realizing that we have a lot of enemies out there, and of course they're going to attack the site. Of course they're going to say what they want to say on there. And that's the same way I run my sites. Uh, any of the sites I own except for TrueTube, uh, I, I, I'm very tyrannical on, on, on my comment section. You know, I, I, and I, you know, Mark Glenn pointed this out as if, I don't, as if I hide this fact or something, but he pointed out the fact that he tried to comment on my site and I changed it to something like, oh, I, I love Mike Delaney, actually, or something. And he was like, oh, and he's changing comments. Well, of course I didn't. Let, that's like if you came into my house and tried to talk bad about me. That yeah, website's right. my it's, house. It's like spray painting, spray painting thing sucks on six bedroom wall. Right. It's not going to happen. So when you come over, I mean, you can say all the crap he wants on his site, and I, you know, I can go and recruit it on my site and so on and so forth. But if, if these clowns really think they're going to come, I mean, he certainly didn't let it happen. Which is funny because he said, "Oh, I would, I would cry if I wouldn't if I, if I couldn't write a hit site like that." No, I wouldn't. It's his site. He can do what he wants with it, even though it's free and it's really owned by Google and not him. But, you know, but at the same time, I understand the, these sites are not uh, bastions of freedom of speech. The internet is anything but freedom of speech. Uh, you know that freedom of speech. If you're really looking for that constitutional right that you, you know you want to invoke, will get your butt off the internet and go get out there and street and, and invoke that right. But that right is not to pertain to you coming on my website and talking smack. It's not going to happen. Now, on TrueTube, I'm, I'm a little more, uh, quote-unquote, liberal with people having their opinions on there that I might not agree with because it is a community-based site. It's not Mike Delaney's site. It's a community site. I happen to be the admin there, and, and so, therefore, that it, that's, that's a, a site that's 
taking a different path when it comes to that. Well, well, on the Christianity Forum, I allow people to post things that I don't necessarily agree with, mm -hmm. but they're not attacking my principles. They're not right. attacking the, the foundational things that, that, that Christian identity sits upon. Right. And, and I wouldn't let them do that. If they did that, they're gone. Because, it, it, it's, it, well, truth is not democratic. Mm -hmm. And if we believe X, Y, and Z to be true, that then we can't let our enemies assault the, the, those principles. Right, and the Jewish silver tongues are professionals at speaking of relativism. You know, they love teaching that, that truth is relative. Well, well, relativism is probably a Jewish genetic trait. It is, it has to be. It's like communism. Communism is Judaism. You know, I think relativism is, is exactly, is, is actually a genetic Jewish trait in the sense that they're able to take the, the white clouds and the green grass and go, it's purple and what else? I mean, neon pink. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll seriously do that. And they have a way of twisting it with, the, with that, what do they call it, the silver tongue or, you know, what I'm saying. But basically that's, that's, they like to say that truth is relative, and it's not. Truth is very definitive. Well, right. Well, well, truth has to be concrete. Relative. Well, right. <laughs> and if it's not concrete, it's not truth. Right, right. Yeah, what do what the, the, the jail churches teach? They teach uh, anybody can be saved. Oh, yeah, you're saved now because you praise Jesus. Right, right. well, Jesus is relative. Right, even Jesus is relative. He's everybody's relative. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> it's it, it's sickening. Well, what about some of these other guys? It's uh, all right. Jared Taylor, he believes Jews are white. Now, that's a huge cognitive disconnect. This guy has said a million great things about race. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of his work, but he believes Jews are white. What the hell is up with that? Well, then he should believe uh, Obama's white. Then. And, and he, accepts, he accepts them as whites that they could possibly be um, part of his cause. Right, right. Well, he, yeah. Um, I don't know. Wow, he's he's a person that I wouldn't even, I don't even take him serious. Uh, he does do some good stuff when it comes to describing race and race in itself, which I don't see how he misses choosing that, but he does. But when he, he does describe race and he does do an all right job at it. Um, I know a good person we could bring up. Ramsey Powell. <laughs> Ramsey Powell. Ramsey Powell, who was the next logical step. Right. Well, he was afraid to even speak at Amram because he's not a racist. <laughs> he, was, he was actually invited to speak at Amram, and he was getting hate mail because he was saying, oh, I don't want to be, I'm not racial. Like, just, okay, first of all, let me break down with Ramsey. Well, well then let me just say that I must have had the wrong impression because I kind of thought Ramsey Paul was getting soft because he wanted to speak at Amarin. But because I see them as soft. Amarin is too hardcore for him. Wow. Yeah. He was getting crap because uh, from Amarin supporters, he was too soft on race. Like, he's very soft on the Jew. He might as well be laying in bed with the whole If I think that Amran is soft, yeah. and Ramsey Paul thinks they're hardcore, right. he must think I'm a chill of the hun. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> would, yeah. Well, you see what the kind of attacks he put on it. Now, here's what's funny about, about Ramsey Paul, though, is um, this guy talks up and down all day long that he's a nationalist. I'm a nationalist, I'm a nationalist, and... It completely disregards the fact that nation means race and race means our genes. 
You know, it doesn't mean a geographical location. He's a civic nationalist. Well, he's just well, a patriots well, aren't American. Well, well the word Judeo-Christian Church. The word nation comes from the Roman word that meant natus, that means birth. Right. But the the idea is a people of common birth, a people of common origin. Right. If you don't have the same genetics, you can't be members of the same nation. Mm-hmm. And likewise with the Greek word ethnos, it, it's from which we get ethnicity. If you had to translate nodus into Greek, you'd write ethnos. If you had to translate ethnos in, into Latin and, and, and natalis, you, you come up with the same word, the, the word nascio, which we get our word nation from, ethnos, nascio, nation. And, and, and that's, it, it's, you, you can't be a nationalist unless you're a racist. Right. You're pro your race. A Mexican can be a nationalist yeah. in Mexico. <laughs> well, this is, this is the play of Ramsey Paul. Ramsey Paul is a hardcore nationalist, anti-racist. Matter of fact, he states this in the video, and, and uh, sooner or later I'll, I'll put out a video on him that people haven't heard about yet, I guess. <laughs> I'm waiting for that video. I want to post it on the front of Christiania. For, no, for, no, for at least a day or two. Right, right. I guess for those who don't know, I'll, I'll break that down real quick for those that haven't heard yet. Uh, Ramsey Paul, oh, let me go back first. I started TrueTube. Ramsey Paul, there was a video of his put on TrueTube through one of the many people that were signing up on there. And it was actually one of his better videos, the Easy Bank Hand video. Well, he got wind of it. And instead of being a man-to-man, especially a white man, and, and just contacting me and saying, hey, man, I don't want my videos on your site. Can you remove it? He filed a, a copyright lawsuit and went straight to my hosting provider, which I really didn't care that he – I really uh, didn't like that he did that because I was trying to – not that I was trying to fly under the radar with the hosting provider I'm at, but I wasn't trying to jam it in their face that they were going to have problems with the site right away, and he was doing that. And uh, so, therefore, the hosting provider – on the other hand, did me a favor, and they sent all his information over to me, his home address, his home phone number, his full name, which was Paul Ramsey. And um, and lo and behold, I uh, for those who know, I had to take my child, my youngest, to go get surgery down in Texas, and I just so happened to stop by Ramsey Paul's house in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Knocked on his door, and guess who showed his face, and I don't know if soiled as depends would be a good way to put it. <laughs> that, that would be Right. <laughs> so I have this on video, and uh, it's been taking a while. I know a lot of people have been waiting to see it, but I have it on video, and I'm going to put it on the internet and his house and everything. And uh, it's showing that you know, because he called, he basically said without naming my name or my website that we stole his video. We're ADL provocateurs because we're racist. So this gets back to the whole. Thing that's that's the same Mark Lenn accusation. The same Mark because we're racist. If you can't possibly be a racist unless the ADL is paying you to be absolutely, a racist. Absolutely, absolutely. That's ridiculous, right? And so this is this is what you have here is you have people like Mark Lenn, Ramsey Paul, and 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 Mark Lenn thought it was hilarious that he posted the Ramsey Paul video on his site about video theft and ancient provocateurs. That was, oh, that was golden for him, right? So so he was stealing Ramsey Paul's video. No, no, no. Well, yeah, he was well, he was embedding it because Ramsey Paul lets you embed it as long as he makes the YouTube shekels on the video, I guess, is what the issue was. Well, no, it wasn't even the issue of the shekels. It was the fact that he perceived TrueTube as being some kind of skinhead neo-Nazi site. 
which isn't at all what that site is built as, and many people can attest to that. Well, well, I had a few of his videos on Christogenia. Right. And when that happened, I removed them all. Right. The reason why I didn't embed them, the reason why I download them and repost them, isn't because I'm stealing Ramsey Paul's How do you content. steal someone's video with their face on it? It's because <laughs> we, we all know how frequently controversial videos disappear from YouTube. Right. And if I post content on Christogenia, I want it to be on Christogenia so that it can't disappear from anywhere. And that's a smart way to do it. That's what I've been doing with ProTate for a long time. Now, if the owner of the content, if the owner of any of the videos I have posted on Christogenia, because I don't make videos, right. if the owner of any of the videos I have posted contacted me and said, look, I own this video and, and I prefer you not have it posted, I'd say fine, and I'd take it down. Right. No problem. As long as that they could show me that they own the video, I'm not going to let a Jew troll write me and say, "Oh, I own that video." Yeah, you know. But but I'll, I'll be glad to take it down if they make their case. And the only reason why I have them posted there and I host them is because videos, the types of videos that we normally post, are, are very frequently disappeared from YouTube and from Vimeo and from other such venues. Yeah, that's, that's that's certainly a smart way to do it. Um, you say you never do videos, though, Bill. I got, I got you. Yeah, I did, one, I did one video just for you, Mike. <laughs> yes, Bill has done a video just for me. It's only a series of pictures, though. It's not a real... It's not a live action video. No, it's not. No, it's not. I tried, I tried to convince Bill tonight to simulcast this on video. <laughs> didn't go, so we're going to do audio tonight. <laughs> I don't want to simulcast something when I'm sitting here in my short string of beer. <laughs> I suppose we'd have had to pour it in a water bottle or something there. <laughs> but, yeah, the, you know, this is, you know, get back to this, this is, I assume most of your audience already realizes this, that these people that say they're anti-racist or somehow, you know, or ADL plants and all that, I mean, this is such ridiculous stuff. They, they have, the Jews have been able to inspire people to be in a paranoid stupor. And basically what this does is to do exactly everything against what we're doing here, which is being a person, networking, getting to know our fellows and brothers and sisters, and, you know, who's going to have to do that if you're an ADL plan? You know, if everybody's an ADL plan except for Mark Glenn or except for Ramsey Paul, you know, what are they? Are, are, are these guys somehow the, the new Fuhrers, the, the half-rab Fuhrer and the, the anti-racist pro-nationalist Fuhrer or what? Well, well right. It's the, the, their position, and, and that's the... the um the major point of, of the, art, the the editorial I had read for the monologue at the beginning of this program, the racist right, that their position is basically the position of the Jews. Absolutely, there's nothing other than fighting Zionism. Is nothing, and most Jews that are smart realize that Zionism is damaging their. I say like this: you take Jews that live in Israel and look at Jew, you're looking at plain Jewish action. You don't see, it's hard to explain to people when Jews are behind the curtain. We say, hey, Jews run the federal government, or the government, period, or Jews ran Russia at this time. 
It's hard to point it out because they're behind the curtain. They change the names. They blackmail white politicians, so on and so forth. So that's something that's a little more complicated people don't understand. But when you have a state that's strictly dedicated to them, you can say, look, there's the base of Jewish action. And then you have these honeypot, strawman, jerk faces like Mark Glenn that just make it sound like it's a few bad Jews and the Israeli government going against the Palestinians. Or it's, oh, he, I, I guess his... his, uh, his uh, thing was that it was Judaism. Somehow if they drop Judaism as a religion, become atheist Jews, their genetics are going to make them good Jews. If they became atheist Jews, they would would still be history's oldest panders. Mm -hmm. They would still be the whoremasters. They would still be the pornographers. They would still be at the vanguard of of homosexual rights, pushing for, for the legalization of pedophilia, pushing for the legalization of bestiality. That's next. It's oh, right around the corner. I wrote about it in last year, and, and this, um, that this woman that posts on, on the Occidental Observer, I'm, I'm sorry, her name's Lasha Darkmoon, she just wrote a good article that I reproduced in the Saxon Messenger on that very same trend. It's the next logical step, because the Jews, wherever you bring Negroes, the result is Africa. Right. Wherever you send Jews, the result is Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. It's that, right. That's what their genetics create. You can't put a colony of Jews anywhere on the planet, anywhere in the universe, and <laughs> not have Sodom and Gomorrah as the result. Right. Well, we were talking about this earlier, watching that old video from 96, and the, and the, the video was saying how... Uh, we're going to see this, this, and that. And he said, yeah, the writing was on the wall, and now we see it. Right. You know, it's like you're saying right here. You heard it right here in the show tonight. You are going to see pedophilia, or uh, pedophilia is already halfway in the door. That's not Right. Good. Absolutely. That's, that's obvious at this point. The speciality is coming. Well, well, as soon as they get that pedophilia, as soon as they get that behavior normalized, right. the next step is bestiality. We lost another inch into right into their pit. I mean, we already lost a lot of a lot of space into their business. If the Jew had his way, I don't care what his religion is. If the Jew had his way, you'd see men and donkeys walking down the aisle, right? In a Catholic church. Yeah. I now pronounce you man and donkey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's coming, man. That's a shame. It's coming. Well, there. What was that last year or eight months ago or something like that? The military has somehow authorized bestiality or somehow made it so that there, there wasn't a rule against it. I'm sure somebody can point that out. It's off the top of my head. I remember seeing that floating around for a while that somehow they wrote the rules, and it was with the gay, it was with the pro-gay stuff that was going on. And somehow they left a, it was like a loophole that would leave bestiality wide open. Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me either. But I've already heard. I've already heard the legal arguments <laughs> that, that if the animal doesn't protest, then it's okay. <laughs> oh God! Come on. It, it's that the animal's consenting if it doesn't protest. I guarantee the presenters all the porno for that is Jewish. That's for sure. Well, well, absolutely. But this that this entire that this entire diversity multiculturalism. That this anti-racist Do attitude, this is Jewish, and they're accusing the opposition and all these real chills, Mark Glenn, Randy Paul, they're accusing us of being Jewish shills? 
Right. Shows to the ADL because we stand up for our race. Wait, are we the bad Jews then or the good Jews? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what is it? I mean, wait, Jews, all Jews are bad. Or in Ramsey Paul's case, Jews are good people. Uh, just a couple of Finns or whatever he says. So, and then, and then Mark Lynn says that Judaism is just bad. So, if we're ADL Shields, if we're atheist Jews, are we good Jews then? I don't get it. And it doesn't make sense. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that, that was something I pointed out a while back, too, about the, the Daryl Bradford Smith character. He he pleads all day long about the Negro plight. Oh, look at the poor Africans. Look at the poor blacks in America. They get oppressed by whitey all the time. I mean, he pushes this all the time. And he's like, where is this coming from? You know, they've lived better in America than they've ever lived in thousands of years in Africa. Absolutely. But, but they're suffering? You know, I just saw some Negro with 20-inch rims on a, on a 2013 Cadillac probably going to a barbecue where he gets some pre-cut you know, ribs made for him. Show me some African that ever got, ever got the entire The entire liberal argument, mm-hmm. which is constructed to favor the Negro, yeah. to, to make excuses for Negro behavior. Right. The entire argument fails if you really know the facts about poverty. And there are more, there are more white children living under the, uh, under the line, living in poverty as defined by the federal government. Right. There are more white children living in poverty than we have Negroes in the entire country. But whites don't go out and rape 100 white women a day. Whites don't go out and steal and rob and, and, and commit all these other violent crimes. Whites don't do those things, yet there are more white children, not even counting white adults, in the country in poverty than there are black Americans or Negroes in America in total. So, so the whole liberal argument is just a bunch of lies constructed so, so that they could further decimate the white race with the elevation of these Negro beasts who do nothing but destroy. Right. Well, and the best argument that I've ever heard, and it's been reiterated over and over again, is you look at the poverty and crime rate of, say, West Virginia, which is right. predominantly white, right. and Atlanta, Georgia, Detroit, Chicago, right. you name it. You just look at the racial graphics and the crime graphics, you see that whites, on, on average, commit far less crimes, you know. And, you know, whites, whites can be comfortable, you know, being poor, rich, no matter what. You know, and, and Negroes are just aggressive with anything. They're just, I mean, look at all the rappers. They, they can never have enough gold chains and bling, bling. And, and they're still shooting at each other. Right. <laughs> they're still shooting. Look, look at the basketball players and the football players. Right. Still out there raping. The multi-million dollar football players, and they're raping white women and, and, and shooting people. Yeah. It, it's absolutely incredible. Well, we have to, if we're going to survive as a people, the word racist is a Jewish slur. Yeah. It's, it's well, like Nazi extreme. Right. right. The word racist is a Jewish slur, but I'm not afraid of Jewish slurs. Uh, I'm not People ask me, why do you use that term racist? That's a Jew word. Well, I'm not afraid of their slander. Right. I'm a hater. I'm a Holocaust denier. I'm right. an extremist. People have asked me, what do you, what do, you do for a living? I'm a white supremacist. <laughs> my own relatives, my own cousins have said, what do you do for a living? And I say, oh, I'm a racist, or oh, I'm a hater. I do the same thing. I'm a, I'm a neo-Nazi white supremacist. <laughs> it, it, it's um, 
It's, I'm not going to fear their slanders. But when you fear the terms that they use against you, right. then they win. And you see white groups doing this. I see this a lot in places like Stormfront where they, you get a lot of the crowd on there. And not that everybody on there is on, uh, of this ilk, but you see a lot of people who run from that and they want to create their own. And, oh, let's not use that because that's their terms and blah, blah, blah. Who is it to, to, to let the Jew define the terms of what we say and how we fight? It's not there. That's not where they uh, belong. They belong in the gutter. We don't listen to what they have to say. So if we want to use a term, we use it. You know, use it how we feel. Now they can have terms like melting pot, <laughs> like gay Jewish playwrights in the early 1900s. But um, yeah, that's um, yeah. I'm not gonna let them define what. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know some. <laughs> Well, North Cow said in the chat, neo-Nazi, I'm an old Nazi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah, just checking out the chat here. Well, well that's basically it. We, we should, well, we have to identify the, the real, I, I even hate to call it the right, because left and right, that, that's another Jewish media paradigm. Yeah, yeah, still has a I, I, hate, them. I hate to use those terms. But but I think there's reasons why why we have them and we've adopted them and we have to speak on terms that, that we understand. So I'll call it the right. The real right is racist. If it ain't racist, it can't be right because it can't be conservative. It, it can't, you're not conserving anything if you're not conserving the, the nature of your nation, which is its race. If you're not conserving that first, you, everything else goes by the wayside. You can't conserve anything. Right, right. Well, you know, in the left, it's funny because if you look at this and we really analyze this, your typical leftist in America is more racial than your, than your conservative rights. The conservative rights have been taught to be so anti-racist. So what did we see in the Tea Party? Perfect example. What did the Tea Party do every chance they could? They had to throw the token Negro speaker up there. The token Negro that, right. oh, my black friend. Prove their yeah. Oh, man. They, they, was it that Federal Reserve Negro that they tried parroting up there with uh, he worked at the Federal Reserve in Kansas, and they wanted to have him run for president. Right. Yeah, I mean, that was another aspect. Like, look, we're going to have a black president, but he's conservative. You're not conserving nothing if you got the beast running the country. <laughs> well, well, right. You've given it away. Right. You've given it away. It, it's crazy. It, it's a, it, it's, compromise is never good. Compromise is not any way to victory. No. no the, first, the, the second sin in the garden was compromise. <coughs> yep. Yeah, it certainly was, wasn't it? No doubt. Well, well, we didn't get to talk about half the stuff we wanted to. <laughs> But, but we'll leave it at this. We'll, we'll, we'll just um, we'll, we'll just reiterate that, that it, it is not that you do not have to be an ADL shill to be a racist. And if you're not a racist, you're not right. You're a fraud. And, and that's that. That's the best way I could sum up this program. Right. Well, and absolutely. And if you look at the ADL, who do they fight the hardest? White racialists. Absolutely. They don't fight Mark Glenn. The, the there. same people that Ramsey, Paul, Mark Glenn, and, and, and the rest of these clowns, Arthur Topham, that they despise us because we're racist. Right, right. They despise us first because we're racist. Yeah, like I said, you look at the extremist list right on the ADL's website, they don't have clowns like Arthur Topham and, and 
clowns like uh, uh, Mark Glenn up there is fighting Zionists. No, they want those compromisers at yeah. the forefront of our So back. really, if the ADL shills, I mean, is it self-projection here? Right. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for being here tonight, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me over, and uh, it's been an awesome time. I'll be here um, tomorrow night with Sword Brethren Against the Paul Bashers, part 18. I will be here next Friday night with my regular biblical exegesis on Acts chapter 2, Yahweh willing. Praise Yahweh. Thank you for listening, and good night. And our time, but all time was in young. The great Caledonia, the chief of her line, from some of your northern and beauty strong. Who knows nothing, great Caledonia's divine. When sweet to the heart today was her domain, the hunted master of she worked, a heavenly relation there could set her again, and pledged their godheads to one A lion in peace, but a lion in the pride of our kindred, the heroine grew, a grandsire old Odin, triumphantly sore. Who else shall provoke you, then kind of shadow? With tillage of pasture, at times she would sport to feed her fair flocks by a green rustling corn. But she played the woods where her favorite resort her darling amusements, the hounds and the hawks. Long quiet she reigned till bitter words to hear a flight of old eagles from Madrigal's strands that had succeeded for many long years. They darkened it and they plundered the land. The fountains were muttered and horror their cry. They ravaged and ruined the world beside. She took to her hills and her arrows let fly. The dating and dating get fled or they died. The camel on savage disturbed her repose. The tumult disquiet, rebellion and strife provoked the unbearing. At last she arose and robbed the mad ones of their hopes and his life. The Anglian lion, the terror of France, of throwing in sanguine the sweet silver flood, but caught by the bright Caledonian lands, he learned to feed in his own native world. The fell happy ribbon to swing from the north. 
the scourge of the sea and the dread of the shore. The wild Scandinavian bore a ship for the wanton and carnage and wallow and go. O'er countries and kingdoms, the fury prevailed. No arms could appease them, no arms could repel. But great Caledonia and Venus the hills, at last welcome witness and monk of Thus bold and dependent, unconquered and free, her bright course of glory forever shall run. For brave Caledonia, mortal must be, I'll prove it from you, where's we have the sun. Rectangle, triangle, the figure we will choose. Be a brightest chance, and all time is the base. But brave Caledonia's the high part in you. Then ever she'll match them and match them all ways.